Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, Putin's new offensive. Thousands of Russian troops bombard a stretch of 300 miles in Ukraine as the battle for Donbass begins. Constant shelling in the eastern part of the country as the Kremlin begins its fight for what's called the industrial heartland of Ukraine. This river effectively serves as a front line between Russian-held territory, including the nuclear power plant. Tonight, Ukrainian forces dig in as Zelensky promises we will fight. Mask mandate overturned. Now what? Congratulations. The new maskless reality, what you need to know for your next flight or rideshare, just as the CDC warns of a more contagious Omicron strain. Doomsday cult mom in court. The new details tonight from the case of Lori Vallow, accused of killing her children and saying they were zombies. Rare nor'easter, wintry weather in April knocks out power to hundreds of thousands across the Northeast. Mysterious deaths. Tonight, the naval investigation into three sailors serving on the same aircraft carrier, all found dead within days of each other. Today's other top headlines, an independent autopsy released in the Grand Rapids police shooting. Netflix announces its first loss of subscribers in a decade. And finally tonight, the NBA player who's giving up his entire salary for a cause close to his heart. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We come on the air with some breaking news as CBS News has just learned that the U.S. is preparing a major new shipment of artillery and ammunition to Ukraine, rushing to get it there in time to be used against this new Russian offensive. Russian forces have launched a full-scale attack into the Donbass region with what the Pentagon estimates to be an additional 
15 battalion tactical groups. The attacks stretch across a 300-mile line from the region's southern tip to the northern end, near the city of Kharkiv, which remains under intense shelling. Civilians continue to be targeted and humanitarian quarters have now been closed. Ukrainian troops are dug in and are mounting a ferocious defense, claiming they've been able to repel Russian advances so far. President Biden held a video call with allies this morning to discuss the situation. So we've got a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Charlie Daggett will start us off from eastern Ukraine. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening to you, Nora. Even after weeks of fighting, this country may be facing its biggest assault yet. President Zelensky, in his late-night address, said the Russian army will go down in history as the most barbaric and inhuman in the world. From the hard-hit city of Kharkiv to the north, to the besieged port city of Mariupol to the south, where Russian troops stormed the steelworks facility, where holdout Ukrainian forces are struggling to make a last stand. Russian missiles and artillery bombarded targets across a 300-mile front line in a ferocious new phase of the war. Ukrainian officials say forces have withstood the worst of the onslaught so far. President Zelensky vowing, no matter how many Russian troops they send here, we will fight. We will defend ourselves. After failing to capture the capital, Kiev, Russia has turned its focus and firepower on the country's industrial heartland in the east, repositioning thousands of troops and heavy weapons to the Donbass region, taking over the frontline town of Kremina and expanding areas already under Russian occupation, including the seizure of Europe's largest nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia after a hard-fought battle that put the facility itself in peril. This river effectively serves as a front line between Russian-held territory, including the nuclear power plant, and Ukrainian-held territory. But this war has already hit home here. Today, they held a funeral service for 29-year-old Vyacheslav Dimov, the airborne lieutenant killed three days ago when his vehicle struck a Russian anti-tank mine. His mother, Ala, told us he wanted to be a soldier since he was four. There will never be a child like him, she said. My shining son. They took my only blood. They took my son. May he rest in peace. They took my angel. Dimov and his wife, Ivana, had only been married for a year and a half. They were planning to start a family. One phone call and it all gets shattered like a puzzle, she said, and you end up all alone. She saved the screenshot of their last video call. Are you going to be okay? This very morning, I asked him to give me all that heroism and strength he possessed and to look after me. Ivana told us she always felt it was a guardian angel looking after her husband as a soldier, and now he has become her guardian angel. Nora. Wow, Charlie Daggett, thank you. And we've got this news that's coming in just moments ago. The Department of Justice is weighing in tonight on the national travel mask mandate being overturned. It says that if the CDC concludes that requirement is still necessary on public transportation, it will appeal the Florida judge's ruling. Now, the news comes as the TSA is no longer enforcing the mandate, leaving it up to businesses and individuals. CBS's Errol Barnett is at Reagan National Airport with the latest. 
there was jubilation in the skies as passengers found out masks were no longer required. No one's any happier than we are. One flight attendant celebrating in song. All major U.S. airlines made mask wearing optional once the TSA said it would no longer enforce the federal rule. Airport officials in Houston today carting away these mask requirement signs, the nation's busiest airports, all making masks optional. The White House, hoping to keep the mandate in place through May 3rd, was caught off guard by Monday's announcement. CBS's Nancy Cordes today asking President Biden for his view. People continue to wear masks on planes. That's up to them. But inconsistency remains in places where local mask mandates still exist, like Philadelphia and New York City. So for now, flyers into those cities will have to mask up once they land. There was also confusion at New York's Penn Station, where travelers on New Jersey Transit and Amtrak were not required to wear masks. But New York's subway and commuter rail passengers were still required to do so. And tonight, new rules of the road. Rideshare companies Lyft and Uber both making masks optional. And I just want to feel free and breathe freely. A relief for driver, Gannett Abate. Very happy. I hope this is over for all of us. But there is still concern from parents traveling with children under five who were not vaccinated. It is a possibility that we may not travel with him as much anymore. Sarah Nelson, the president of one flight attendant union, says it will also be challenging for immunocompromised travelers. There are people who are going to care for their loved ones who are in a, a very compromised position medically, and they want to make sure that they're not taking any additional risk to them. Now, the CDC acknowledged today it is no longer uh, enforcing its mask mandate. It's no longer in effect, but it does still recommend the use of masks while in indoor transportation settings like this one. And what's interesting, Nora, is most of the passengers moving through the terminal here are using their face coverings. So keep these coverings close. All right, Errol Barnett, thank you. Well, many health officials are worried that we're lifting the mask mandates too soon, especially with the emergence of a more contagious subvariant that now makes up nearly 20% of new cases. For more on what this means and what you, you can do to protect yourself, let's bring in CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. John, we're glad you're with us to help make sense of all this. All right, some people excited, some are still nervous. What do our viewers need to know? Well, first of all, remember, this was a court decision, not a public agency decision, public health agency decision. Uh, so that said, uh, there's a lot of confusion around the country right now, and it does seem like the floodgates are opening for people taking off their masks. So with this kind of confusion, I think it's reasonable for people to ask themselves two questions. First, what's the COVID weather report where I live? You can go to CDC.gov, put in where you live, and it'll tell you how much COVID there is around that area. And the second is, what's your risk profile? What's your risk tolerance in the next two to three weeks? If in the next two to three weeks you're going to see somebody who's especially vulnerable or you have a very important event, you might say to yourself, you know what, for the next two to three weeks, I'm going to just be very, very careful. I'm going to wear a mask when I can, especially an N95 or KN95. That's really smart. So what about families with kids under five who aren't 
eligible for the vaccine yet. Yeah, really tough, right? We saw in Errol's piece, the mother, how hard it is to keep a mask on, on any kind of a kid. Uh, but that said, remember that kids who are unvaccinated are at risk. Uh, and if they do get infected, even though in general they tend to do well, they can get very, very sick. They can get hospitalized and they can also infect other people. They can infect their parents and grandparents and other vulnerable people. So you know, I think it's worth a try. You know, I'm thinking we're just weeks away from the unofficial start of summer and the AAA is saying that travel reservations are up 122% since last year. So what should you know if you're getting on a plane? Well, the good news is that during flight, there are ventilation and filtration systems that are pretty good at decreasing the risk of infection. The problem is when you're at the gate and those systems aren't operative. So when you're boarding the plane, when you're getting off, or even when you're going through the airport, you may be at increased risk. That might be a good time to take out the N95, the KN95, just to, to decrease your risk. I'll remember that. And also, Dr. LaPook, there was news today that Moderna plans to update its boosters for the fall that will include protection against this new Omicron variant. Yeah, and we're going to have to see what happens in the fall. They're always looking at that. But for now, people should remember that if you're eligible for that second shot, that second booster, uh, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get it. Dr. John LaPook, thank you so much. Well, millions in the east were cleaning up today after severe storms slammed the region. In Annapolis, Maryland, a man was killed when a tree fell on his home. A woman and child were hurt. Wet and windy weather knocked out power to more than 200,000 homes and businesses across the northeast. Also, about half a foot of, or more of heavy wet snow blanketed parts of West Virginia, Pennsylvania, upstate New York, and northern New England. The highest reported total was 18 inches in Virgil, New York. All right, now to a bizarre case that you may remember involving allegations of zombies and doomsday predictions. Lori and Chad Daybell appeared in court today on charges related to the deaths of her two children more than two years ago. Prosecutors say the two used their religious beliefs in an effort to justify the murders. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti has been following the story. Lori Vallow-Daybell was silent as she faced multiple counts in an Idaho courtroom, including first-degree murder in the deaths of her children, J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Her attorney pleaded not guilty on her behalf. Your Honor, she intends to remain silent. Today's arraignment was delayed 10 months after she was declared mentally unfit to stand trial. Last week, a judge ruled her competent. J.J.'s grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock, believe she knew what she was doing. She was never incompetent to begin with. It was a fallacy. J.J. and Tylee were last seen in September 2019 after their mother allegedly told friends her children were zombies. Their bodies were later discovered buried in Chad Daybell's backyard. Lawyers for the couple declined to comment, but in 2021, Daybell's five children told me he was innocent. Then why were their bodies found? buried in your father's backyard? I don't know, but I do know that if he were to commit a crime, he wouldn't be foolish enough to put the evidence in his own backyard. I can understand how it's easier to be ignorant than to realize what's reality. right in front of you. Prosecutors say evidence includes text messages and GPS data leading to where the children were buried. JJ's grandparents say they will be in court every day until justice is served. We will be here every step of the way until they're in prison forever. The trial for Lori Vallow-Daybell is set to begin in October. We reached out to the prosecutor's office late today. They would not confirm if they are seeking the death penalty, Nora. Such an awful story. Jonathan Viglotti, thank you. Well, tonight, the Navy is investigating the deaths of three sailors assigned to the aircraft carrier USS 
George Washington in Newport News, Virginia. They all died within a week of each other. No word yet on the causes of their deaths, but the Navy says they don't appear to be related. One sailor died aboard the ship on April 15th. The others were found days earlier at separate off-site locations. Coastal cities across the country are being warned that sea levels are projected to rise up to an additional foot by the year 2050 due to climate change. As part of our Earth 365 series, CBS's Ben Tracy takes a look at an extraordinary project that could save America's coastlines. How high did the water go? It was over eight feet high where those little waves are. Bill Merrill will never forget the night he spent trapped inside this building in Galveston, Texas as Hurricane Ike slammed ashore in 2008. The storm caused $30 billion in damage. Ike was probably a 30-year storm. There's a lot worse storms out there. Merrill, an oceanographer at Texas A&M, was reminded of the giant floodgates he had seen in the Netherlands. These are gates you can see from space. These are movable objects you can see from space. These are huge. He sketched out a Texas version, which came to be known as the Ike Dyke. This is where it may soon stand guard. Galveston Bay, home to the nation's largest export harbor and the biggest petrochemical complex in the Western Hemisphere. What was the initial response to this idea? Oh, ridicule. Craziest idea they ever heard. That crazy idea is now part of the Army Corps of Engineers' $29 billion plan to defend a large part of the Texas Gulf Coast. It calls for massive gates designed to fend off 22 feet of storm surge and 43 miles of sand dunes to protect against hurricanes. If we want to live here on the coast, then we have to provide a level of defense. Kelly Burks Copes with the Army Corps says this would be the largest infrastructure project in the nation and take up to 20 years to design and build. And the intent here is to keep the surge that comes with hurricanes out in the Gulf and not let it into the Bay. If Congress funds the project, the federal government will pick up 65% of the cost. Texas would pay the rest. Building this one time is going to pay for itself over and over again. State Senator Larry Taylor says with climate change making storms more intense, there's no time to waste. It's not a matter of if we have a storm, it's when and how many. And here we have a chance for our government to be proactive rather than be reactive. As the storms only grow stronger. Ben Tracy, CBS News. Galveston. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Tonight, an independent autopsy ordered by the family of 26-year-old Patrick Leoya found he was killed by a police officer's bullet directly to the back of the head. The shooting during a traffic stop earlier this month has ignited protests in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Police released body cam video showing Leoya scuffling with officers. The officer is on paid leave during the investigation. An official autopsy report has not yet been released. 
The streaming service Netflix today reported a loss of 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of the year. It is the first time in a decade that Netflix has reported a loss of in subscribers, and it set the company's stock plunging by 25% in after hours trading. Netflix is blaming the losses on increased competition, password sharing, inflation, and even the war in Ukraine. The NBA playoffs are underway, and the top seed Phoenix Suns are favored to win it all. And while every NBA player dreams of winning the title, one member of the team is playing for so much more. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. In a league loaded with millionaires, with a nice tip. Phoenix Suns center Bizback Biombo is one in a million. When I'm set on something, nobody's really, especially like something like this, nobody's changing my mind. The 11-year NBA veteran is giving up his entire salary this season, $1.3 million to build a hospital in his home country, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. What did your agent say? Okay, I get to work. Really? Yes. He wasn't like, you're crazy? No. Biombo has already established schools and basketball academies, but he feels the most urgent need is health care. There's only one doctor for 10,000 yes. people in the Congo? Isn't it crazy? That mind-boggling. One doctor for every 10,000. If your loved one going to the hospital, they have a higher chance of dying than surviving. It really breaks my heart. Grief that is also deeply personal. His father died of COVID last summer in the Congo, but not before instilling in him the value of public service. I wanted to do something for him that will continue to service people, but most important, save lives. Hope and inspiration from a basketball giant with an even bigger heart. Jamie Yukis, CBS News. And we can tell you Biombo is the winner of the March NBA Cares Community Assist Award. No doubt he deserves it. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, flying high in California with a nonprofit that's introducing young people to the world of aviation. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.